Welcome to the Fear to Fortitude podcast. I am your host, Coach Latavia Renee, the Fortitude Coach. I have with me a very special guest today, Renee Boyd. She is the number one woman of color to me in business. If you want to know how to better your business for the betterment of the kingdom, this is your woman to meet, Renee. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that introduction. And it was a really great introduction. Uh, like Tavia said, I am Renee Boyd, and some people call me the uh, spiritual business coach or consultant, uh, the prophet of business. And um, I've been at this now for about five years total as a full-time entrepreneur. Um, however, I've been an entrepreneur probably since I was about 12 years old, between braiding hair and doing taxes and all that other jazz. Um, I spent about 20 years in corporate. Uh, working for some major uh, Fortune 500, 1,000 organizations, of whom I helped generate multi-millions and billions of dollars. And so today I help Black and Brown women uh, to be able to do the same using the uh, principles of, of God and the kingdom to elevate themselves and to elevate their businesses as well. Love that. And this is divine timing, because let me tell you, I can tell you with 100% certainty that I was not ready for you even just a week ago, but some major things have changed. I have to tell you all about it. And so I'm, I'm right there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for it now. When I saw your post on social media (laughs) the other day, I was like, let me go ahead and tell her she needs to just come on the podcast and say all of that all over again. (laughs) But I'm going to start at the beginning. So you said entrepreneurs since age 12. How did that happen? What was in you that that had you start so young? Yeah, so my mom was a single mother. She lost her mom when she was about 13 years old. And by the time my mom was 21, she had four kids and she had gone through so many hardships in life between sexual and physical abuse and different traumas. And you know, you know how it is as a single black mother, who has four children and she's raising them on her own. She's working multiple jobs and doing everything that she can. And so from a very early age, I heard God say to use whatever was in my hands. And so I learned how to uh, corn roll and French braid uh, when I was really young uh, by my aunt, my aunt Candy. Uh, and, uh, And so I started to do that in the hood. Uh, although I live in the burbs now, (laughs) I don't, uh, I don't braid anymore, but I had a lot of clients growing up that were friends. And then my mom's friends would trust me to do that. And I went to school and I learned how to do taxes. And I was always focused Latavia on doing things that were, uh, a really tangible return on investment at an early age. So how can I exchange some sort of product or service? to you and get paid for it. And I just somehow picked that up very early on and carry that with me throughout life. I know that you're very balanced with your business and with spirit. Like they're not separate entities for you. It's one in the same. When did that happen? Was that always a part of your business process or did you grow into that? I would say I absolutely grew into that, uh, especially the last maybe five or 10 years of corporate corporate has a way of bending you real good and uh, for some people breaking them. And uh, I just had a really strong foundation in my relationship with God, 
Now, I only went to church for the first time about maybe seven years ago. And so I tell people I knew God before I knew church. And um, and so for me, once I truly learned who I was, I just decided that no matter what, I was not going to do anything without God. And let me tell you, Latavia, when I got on these entrepreneur streets, I was like, what the heck is going on out here in this world? Like everybody's a CEO. Every, like I was a corporate executive. So I'm like, you just wake up and you're a CEO. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. And that just blew my mind. And so I just, I saw so many women, especially black women who wanted generational wealth and they struggle and they're very trusting of people who don't necessarily look like we look. So I wanted to be able to provide people an example of how you could keep God first in your business and, and you could follow his instruction all the way to the bank. Yes, love that. I got to tell you, so when I was reading your post, I, I was actually living it. So this is why I was like, yeah, living it. What? And I had just had the thought very similar to what you said in the post. And then right after that, I read the post. And my the thought God. was, I have bought into coaching programs in the past to help with my craft and to increase yes. my work. And it's not that their program doesn't work. It not, it's not that it's not a good coaching program. But when the spiritual work wasn't done. When things weren't right on the inside, it didn't matter what your plan was. It wasn't going to work for me and what I was doing. And so in my coaching practice, when it first started out, when I went through coach training, what it did for me is it actually helped me understand the Bible better. It helped me understand the teachings of Jesus better because it kind of just removed the religion from it. And it just said, hey, this is the law of the universe. This is the this is how this works. And when I went back to read things that Jesus said that used to frustrate me to no end, I had a better understanding of, oh, that's why this is just a law. It just works the way that it works. Totally. So that has been something that I have been awakening to gradually, really all of my life. Uh, Much like yourself, there was something in me before I ever met the church. So I didn't go till I was about, let's see. The first time I went probably was about the same age as you probably. Well, no, I take the bet. When did you say you started? About seven years ago was my first time ever going to church and having a pastor lay hands on me. Like, I didn't even know what that was. And so, yeah. I love that. So that's where I had the number seven from. I was like, that's not right. She said she was grown. (laughs) I was seven years old the first time I visited a church. And I always had this question in me. I was always talking to someone, asking questions to someone. No one really told me who the someone was. And so I started asking my mother questions. And then she started showing me the Bible, showing me scriptures. But it wouldn't be until several years later before we actually started going to church. But I've always had this question that there is something greater than me that's been put in me to seek for that and to seek to serve that. And so mm-hmm. it's been a 40 year journey and some really beautiful stuff uh, came into my knowledge this week. And I've just been bouncing off the walls about it. So, well, yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. I'll tell you, Latavia, that I sought out the Bible and um, in, in meaty churches opposed to the milk, you know, the ones where they serve you the lattes and you in and out in 35 minutes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but the cafe food is really, really good. And so um 
but I really came to the Bible um, and to be a Bible believer and to learn the knowledge and the words of Christ because I wanted to save lives. Like I had women who would, um, I would have dreams about people and people that I worked with and um, especially being an executive and seeing women go through so many hardships in, in corporate where it's a predominantly white uh, male dominated industry and seeing a lot of women who look like you and me go through struggles in that um, industry and um, and some of those women facing anxiety and depression and uh, having suicidal thoughts. And so I'll just never forget that I had a dream about a woman and I was talking to her about it. And I remember that my knowledge would only go so far. Mm-hmm. So I had the dream. And the only thing that I had in me was all of this corporate stuff. It was like the four laws of this and, you know, Don Miguel that. And so I remember getting off that phone with her and saying, God, like, if you just show me the way to learn everything about you so that I can serve your people, I promise I'll never let you down. I'll never let your people down because that's when I truly first realized that lives were on the line. And with women who are believers, that corporate personal development, only go so far. Yes. A hundred percent living testimony right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I really, I don't know that I realized prior to the last couple of weeks that that was the missing link for me. Um, Cause I'm incredibly book smart. I can learn anything, but in the area of this ministry of this part of what I was doing, I was completely blocked off. And it's because that spiritual work had to be done in me because you can't take people any farther than you can go yourself. Amen. So I was still being uh, developed and worked on and just like the floodgates open this week. And I'm learning things that I knew before, but kind of pulled back away from because my story with religion and with church uh, started out really wonderful and then turned really ugly. And I saw some of the greatest evils I've ever seen inside of church walls. And so (laughs) I pulled back from it. And I, I was trying to be really careful not to pull back from God, but to pull back from religion. But that's a messy separation. It's hard to find where the line is. And so this week I started gaining more of God back that I had pulled back from unintentionally. But he's yeah. so patient and so just so wise and so kind that it all works out like it should in, the, in God's timing. And man... I don't even want to get into I can testify about that for hours. Yeah, I can't wait to talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the biggest thing that you work with people on? I know you said spirituality is huge before they can ever get to the CEO hat. What does that journey look like? So most of the women that I work with, they seek me out because they need structure in their business. Most of the women who are drawn to me are what I call visionaries and creatives. You know, they have these great big visions and um, they're kind of trying to boil the ocean. You know, this is what we say in corporate. They're trying to boil the ocean and they realize that they're just kind of spinning on a hamster wheel and uh, their great big visions are not necessarily yielding any um, consistent, sustainable income or growth in their business. And so what's so interesting, Latavia, is most women, by the time they reach me, uh, I am not on social media as much as a lot of people are. I um, 
I spend a lot of time with God, a lot of time with my family. And I actually have been turning down podcast interviews for about the past three years. Mm -hmm. And so this was definitely divine and divine timing. And so when women reach out to me, they are desperate. They are like, listen, I left my job already. Somebody told me to leave. I believe that if I just purchased this packet of media, this or that, or if I just purchased, learned how to do funnels and marketing better and Facebook ads, if I just learned how to write copy better, whatever it is, that I too could be a millionaire. And so they quickly learn when they're running out of hope and they're running out of money that some things are off. And so what I find is that a lot of women don't understand that corporate principles and corporate structures still apply to a business if you're going to run a business like a business and not like a hobby. And so I just found a lot of women, they had degrees. I I have an MBA. I worked on my PhD and I attract women who are, um, you know, grad school uh, and above educated typically. And uh, but when it came to business, there was no business acumen. And there's this word that goes around that people use very loosely called teams. Like I have a team, you have a team, everybody gets a team. And so, (laughs) but once I learned that those were mostly contractors and, you know, you don't have to have one-on-ones with them necessarily. And uh, you're not writing them up. You're not delivering reviews. You're not doing those sort of things. Uh, Then there were so many women who were calling themselves CEOs and leaders who just had no idea about how to do business. So by the time they find me, typically through word of mouth, uh, hearing from other clients' testimonials, Mm -hmm. then they're like, oh my goodness, I wish I had found you first. And I'll say this other thing, Latavia, that strategy is typically the thing that people do last because it's not very sexy. You know, it's not very brand appealing. Uh, However, it is the thing that they should do first. Yeah, Renee could get out of my business. <laughs> All up in your closet. You. All up in your closet, right? Yes, just get out of there. But fold some clothes <laughs> while you're in there. No, seriously. <laughs> it's funny to me because when you ask, like, who is my avatar? And it, it really, you know, for a lot of us, it's ourselves. And so it really, it's big dreamers and visionaries without a plan. That's me. Wow. Like, wow. I'm not the strategist. I have these big dreams and these grand ideas. I'm a big picture person. I'm not a details person. I gloss over the details for the big picture. And I get so excited because we don't, we all have different parts of this, different parts of the puzzle. No man is an island. We are to work together. And that is why you've got the person who knows how to do the strategy, who pays attention to the details and knows how to get you to the big picture. And then you have the person who knows how to to supply a vision and supply the dream and those things work so well together you don't have one without the other you're not going to get that success with just one half of this so i really appreciate all of what you're saying you got this dream yeah but the dream is only going to take you so far you need the strategy as well when you get both of those and you got something <laughs> totally i always say nothing comes to a dreamer but sleep Mostly, you know, if that's that's all they're doing with the dreams, it's like nothing comes to a dreamer, but a sleep, but sleep without execution, without the right systems and structures in place. And um, I would say also for kingdom women without having uh, and I I talk about this as if I'm not an anomaly. Uh, I've had clients tell me that I treat myself common. And so uh, but 
you know, there's something special about getting in a room with someone who hears directly from God and gets direct downloads from God. And you know that there's no way that person could know those things because you haven't spoken to that person about those things. And um, so it's, it's just really important to make sure that you have a coach or you have a consultant or you have a mentor who is submitted to God. Because when we're appealing to God for our business, when we're struggling and we're going through things in life, we need someone who has been there before. There are a few steps ahead. They know how to pray. They understand warfare. We need someone who understands how to apply God's principles to our lives. And um, and so all of those things are really, really important. And I think that that's one of the most overlooked things that I see with women who are kingdom women, women who are believers. They're just submitting their purpose and their prophecy to anyone. Hmm. And uh, that tends to not work out so well. And that's another another reason why I'm really happy that I've um, decided to um, probably about maybe within just the last 10 years, even where I started to really uh, appeal and market to women who were believers, because I'm like, you need God and we need God. And God did not give anyone anything to do that is great in this world that can be done alone. Yeah, definitely. And the other part of that, a lot of times we think because we got it from God, we don't need a plan. We don't need a strategy. We just think it's going to miraculously appear out of thin air, but no growth and development and structure is also a part of God. And so yeah. all of those things work together. And I definitely was one of the ones who was like, hey, God gave me this. So, you know, I can do this. No, I needed the person with the plan. Not in with not a planner. <laughs> but let me tell you what's so beautiful. Because <laughs> even when you start out, quote unquote, wrong, it's just God the whole time. Because everything that I learned as I was stumbling and scraping my knees and all of those things are the things that led me to the revelations that I had last week. And the thing that, again, I keep going back to your post that hit me is I realized when the inside changed, like my whole world changed, like it yeah. was a very large paradigm shift. And so then I'm different um, from the inside out. So guess what? Then the coaching is different. The business is yeah. different. I can see now things that I couldn't see before. My creativity yes. came back. And I'm sure you can testify to this, that you, when you're working with these women, they come to you, we're all clammed up and stuck and we can't get we can't get it out. We just know it's a dream and a vision in here that we can't get it out. And then once we get that inside work done, that creativity, that part of God comes out of us so much easier when we are able to get that strategy. Yeah, it and does, Latavia. And it does. And it's a constant evolving process. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are clients that I've worked with for five years, for, you know, seven, eight years and where they are today, you know, what, you know, the saying new levels, new devils. And so um, we're still having conversations, even with women being five years down their journey or 10 years into their journey about their scarcity mindset. We're still having conversations about being afraid to elevate your prices. We're still having conversations about, you know what I mean? Even having money conversations and abundance and wealth is God's desire for us in this world so that we can do more and more and more great things. So one of my favorite quotes that I say, um, and I kind of made this up myself, uh, is that most people have not because they heal not. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Every single thing that we desire, whether it's money, whether it's uh, a marriage, uh, a family, whatever it is, in order for us to pay forward wholeness, we have to be healed. Yes. Especially yes. when we start taking on clients because then we're responsible for them. Yes. Okay. And then that's a big word right there. Responsible. And that is why a lot of us, we feel so much pressure because we want to do well by our clients. But if you're not doing what it takes to be a good steward over that client, to be responsible, it's just not going to sit right with your spirit. It's not going to sit right with your spirit. And speaking of, I know that you, that that's more than just words from you. I know that you live that. And this is how I know we met probably, oh man, maybe six, five, six years ago, something like that through one of your clients that you were working with. I signed up for her program that I'm sure you were behind the scenes and you, I remember you uh, and never forgot you. I, you know, I follow everyone actually that I met from that group. I'm always peeking and seeing what's going on and looking at everybody's page, everybody on from the background. But listen, I remember when I posted a couple of years ago, well, probably like three and a half years ago that I was taking this big leap and I put like this thing on my page and like, you know, the big leap and you, and I think it was, um, gosh, it was two of you. I can't remember who the other person was, but both of y'all yeah. checked on me like, Hey, wait a minute. What you doing? Over here? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Let's talk about this before you leave. Like you can't just go jumping off the edge of this, you know, let's, let's What's playing? and I love that about you. I was like, they're not just out here talking. They really are concerned for the people that they come in contact with and that they work with. I was so blessed just by knowing that you all care. Like, what is this crazy girl getting ready to do? And I was like, oh, no, I'm just going back to school. I'm just finishing up my home. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. I was like, that just, that really just made my day to have yes. a reach out to me and say, hey, we just want to make sure you're okay, that you're, you, you know. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. So you were just talking about you have not because you heal not. Oh my goodness. That, that needs to go on a t-shirt of book. I know. I just, (laughs) I dropped that to me the other day and I was like, yes, God, that is so good. That is so good. Yeah. So listen, this, we're to the part like right where I, I told you I wasn't ready for you before. Let me tell you what i what was revealed to me in greater depth this week. It's really exactly what you just said. You have not because you heal not. So one of the biggest uh, points of contention in my life for me has been trying to understand things that the Bible says, such as, you know, believe you have it when you ask for it, like how, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, nothing is impossible. If you, you know, tell this mountain to be cast out in the sea, it will. And all of these, and they don't say it with any doubt. It's Mm -hmm. like a fact, a matter of fact, this will happen. This is the law. This is the law of the universe. And let me tell you what I figured out this week. I laugh at myself every time I think about this. So back in like 2016, I made an I want list. And okay. You probably you probably gonna figure out where this is going before I even get finished. So I had this, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I had this. I want this. I want to be a homeowner. I want to be um, a successful uh, business owner. I want to be 
married. I want to all of these. I want. So I made this list. I even put a reminder in my phone for it to remind me every month to go over my I want list. Yeah. And I was doing some studying and some research the other day. And I was reading this book and it said, you're never given what you want. Because being in the state of want is synonymous with being in the state of lack. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The universe does not have any other answer other than yay and amen. That's the the answer God gives you for any promise is yay and amen. So you better make sure you're asking the right question. So, Mm -hmm. for instance, you go to God and you say, for instance, uh, God, I want to be a millionaire. The answer is yes. The built-in response from our spirit is amen. In other words, let it be so. So God, I want to be a millionaire. God says, yes, you want to be a millionaire. Well, guess what that means? You're still not one. You lack a million dollars. You want to be one. And Mm -hmm. then you say, built-in response from the spirit, let it be so that I want to be a millionaire. So to me, that scripture that talks about believing it, knowing it before you, before you experience it, it's, it happens mm-hmm. in you before it shows up in your life. You became a successful entrepreneur before you experienced it. It happened on the inside of you first. You are already that. It doesn't happen the other way around. You don't become a CEO and, and you know, it, you don't experience being a CEO and then become one. It's in you. You are one before you experience it. So then I thought, okay, well, what do I do instead? Well, the prayer really turns into a confession. You don't wait to see the million dollars. I am a millionaire. The kingdom, the law, the promise, God, the answer is yes. Yes, you are a millionaire. The built-in response from my spirit, amen. Let it be so that Mm. I'm a millionaire. You can be certain, absolutely sure of it. And it's, it's that, that's that crossroads between belief and knowledge. So, for instance, people, we kind of don't really respect the strength in the word belief. Inherently in our language, when we say belief, we kind of have that with some doubt in it. Like, did she come? I believe she came. That's really not how belief works. Yeah. Like, for instance, if you go and you sit in a chair, you sat you sat in that chair with the belief that the chair would hold you up. Otherwise, you wouldn't sit in it. So you Mm -hmm. had faith and you had trust that this chair would hold you up. And so it's really so much stronger than we think it is. And how much more reliable is God than a chair? And so you have this strong belief, this knowledge, which means you've accepted it as true. Once you have accepted it as true, that's when you meet up with it in your timeline. That's when it appears in your life. You've got to believe it before you see it. You're not going to see it before you believe it. And with that, that it's door hilarious. opened the whole floodgate of stuff. And then he just keeps teaching, keeps teaching. And that's why I said earlier, before we started, I've been up all night, like every night this week. That was the lesson. And to me, in a nutshell, that's what your post was about. It was about that knowing that you have before you ever see it. And then once you know it, that's when the strategy actually is something you can use. Before you know it, the strategy is like a foreign tool in your hand. You really don't know how to use it. But once you get that knowing, the strategy, all of that starts to come together and, and nothing can stop you being. 
totally, totally. Latavia, that's why I say it's important for women to be in relationship and not just religion with God. It's uh, one of the things um, here real soon within the next couple of weeks, the Strategy Academy will be reopening. And and that's really this whole experience and this process of me coming alongside of those beliefs. And um, there's uh, I, I often hear people say that God God's going to give me the desires of my heart. And so uh, it's it's seen as this kind of outside thing that I can think about all of these things that I want. And because I'm a good Christian, because I'm a nice person, God is going to give me what I want or what I desire. Instead, if we look at that from an internal perspective, it's that those desires, when we're in relationship with God, those desires have been deposited in us from God. And so what we desire comes from within Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit in us and being in relationship with God. And so then that reflects outward. So then the things that we're actually seeking are more in alignment with furthering his kingdom. And that's that's one of the other things that I teach women is that if, if you're working on things that don't produce fruit, you've got to uproot those things. When we're working on things and, and over and over again, and that's kind of how sometimes visionaries get caught up with their vision of like, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. And sometimes vision visionaries can be these great big storytellers in their head too. And so it's like, they'll latch hold of something and it's like, this is just what it is. Like to their doom and demise, it's like, this is what it is. This is what I believe. But when you don't have that deep relationship with God, and you also don't have wise counsel because that's important too, right? And, and people who come and stand in agreement with you and in alignment with you on God's promises over your life, then sometimes those desires can be a little bit muddy. Yeah. And the thing that I say about faith is um, I actually posted something maybe a couple of weeks or I don't know, a month or so ago on my page. And it was about faith and it was about how... Um, I, I, I kind of broke down that scripture about faith. And um, the part that I remember was saying that we are rewarded because of our belief. It's like God is a God of reciprocity. Yes. Like he requires us to believe first and then all of the things mm-hmm. that we desire, like no more toil, no more struggle. God, I desire these things so that I can help other people so that I can further your kingdom so that whatever my gift is, I can help people to overcome anxiety, overcome depression, help to break generational cycles off their life and their families' lives. Because those are the things that get in the way of business and money and all these other tangible things that we desire, right? And so belief is this really, it's, it's, I'm glad you touched on it because it's a lot more important than people believe in life and in business. And God requires that we believe it's not an option. God isn't like, you know, you think about the the, uh, man who went to Jesus and was like, if you can heal my son. And he's like, if exactly if like you don't believe. And he's like, he's like, God, I believe. But please help me with my unbelief. So I find that even as believers, we're, we're always believing for something. But it's that little part of unbelief that tends to get us hung up. So sometimes we exhaust ourselves just trying to recreate our belief from scratch when really it's just this little part that we need help on, but it's like the Pareto principle, right? The 80, 20. And so it's like that 20% that can really hang us up on and, and cost us our prophecy. 
Let me tell you, honey, you have no idea the, the party I'm throwing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually just said, I'm, I'm over here just laughing at some things because you are telling you just all up in the business right now. So <laughs> we were talking about faith and this is something that I learned it like I was figuring it out. It, it hit me. And then a few minutes later, another person sent it to me in a video clip. Mm -hmm. When I'm telling you, when you get in alignment, just stuff starts correlating like that. And so with faith, I was linking it back to when I first left um, my religion. I learned after several months, because I didn't stop studying. I left the religion to withdraw from outside influence. And I just wanted it to be me and God. I'm like, I'm going to go back. Oh, yeah. Been there. Read again. Show me what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest things that I was missing was why we do good things, why we follow him, why we follow his word, why we serve him. And I had been taught, you know, you got to be right to be saved. You got to do this. And, you know, any slipping of the foot and you're hell bound. And all of this was so self-defeating. And I thought, no, I don't do that for any of those reasons. You serve him because you love him. Period. The salvation, that's his part. You can't do anything about that. Only thing you can do is accept it. Mm-hmm. You can't, and really without his help, you can't even do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, there's just, you know, when I got that part right, I was like, oh, okay. So the doing right is because I love him. How about doing right became so much easier when yeah. it was because I loved him? And, you know, I can add to that because he first loved me. Right. And so yeah. the other part is with one. You were talking about want as well. I looked up one after seeing this book and seeing it uh, parallel want with lack. And I was like, let me see what the word says about this. Mm-hmm. I laughed myself to tears. This is when I realized what my little I want list really was. So I'm reading in the scripture. The I already root, know. I already know. Okay. <laughs> reading in the scripture, the root word want shows up 54 times every single time it's associated with lack every time every time that's why he doesn't fulfill the want there's want is lack every single time and so what i was doing with that list every month was practicing my my state of lack practicing every single month practicing lack so imagine when you realize the assurity that you can have. So let me tell you what happened this uh, last week. So one of the things I've always wanted, wanted was financial freedom. It, It didn't even really have a dollar amount to it. I just don't want to toil for money. I don't want to get up and do something that doesn't fulfill me for money. I wanted financial freedom. And so On my list was I want financial freedom, which is just a confession that I lack financial freedom. (laughs) So I've been doing some work um, with another coach and we were talking through these things. And I started thinking about what we say after I am really is a sentence on your life. So be very careful what you fill in the blank blank after I am. So we did all this work, clearing all these negative emotions and, and working on mindset. And I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning for the first time in a very long time. I forgot to worry. When I woke up out of just out of my spirit, it confessed, I am happy. 
And I was like, huh, I am. You know, we, a lot of times, this is something that's somewhat new to me, at least since I've gotten coaching. It's something I've experienced before coaching just as far as um, receiving salvation. When you yes. first receive it, you experience that feeling. You don't think you'll ever doubt, worry, cry, or anything again. It feels so good. Yeah, born again, truly. <laughs> no more problems. It's amazing. Well, I actually had that newborn feeling again when this happened. And so I was like, wow, I am happy. And I'm just, nothing has changed. All the quote unquote problems that I had, they were still there. But I'm just walking around my house. I'm just like, I am so happy. And then something else came up. I am wealthy. I didn't, I wasn't like thinking. These are things that were just confessing out of my spirit. I am free. I am this. I am that. I'm more than a conqueror. Like all of these wonderful I ams were just rising up out of my spirit. And this is what's changed my, my approach to coaching. So in the past, because it's the only tool that I had, I was training people on how to retrain their thoughts. Now I have the tools where you don't have to retrain them. We clear out the old and the right thoughts are going to come up naturally. That was what I experienced. I didn't have to fight back any erroneous thoughts. The right thoughts just were there because now they had space to be there. So it's a totally different approach and different experience. And I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm bouncing off the walls. When I confessed these things, I wasn't in doubt of them. I wasn't in lack. And I didn't need to see them to believe them. Like I I have a knowing from the inside out. Because anyone who's wealthy, they're wealthy on the inside first. It doesn't come Mm -hmm. from outside of you. Mm -hmm. You know, come on now. On Come on. win the lottery, you know this. They all just about all of them end up more broke than they were before they won the lottery. Yeah. Because they have not proven that they have not qualified themselves for that. Yes. They've given something that they didn't know how to manage or be a good steward over. But once you have that, if you if you give a millionaire, an actual millionaire who's a millionaire on the inside, a million dollars, they'll they can tenfold that thing or more. You know, if you give someone who's in a state of want, in a state of lack, I don't care how much you give them. It's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. The the statistics, I was so shocked because I was thinking, okay, well, they just lose the million dollars. No, they actually lose the million dollars and they continue bad practices. So they borrow. And then now they have bigger debt than they had before they ever got the million dollars. And I'm like, okay, I got the message right <laughs> on the inside. So once it got on the inside of me, like after that, you're just running the bases, really the home run. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, totally. I'm so, so happy for you. Um, congratulations on this, um, metamorphosis, so to speak. And uh, I've, I've been seeing that around a lot of the women that I serve recently who are kind of going through this, uh, you know, butterfly cocoon uh, phase in their lives right now in that in that particular season. And when you were talking about some of the things that you're working with your other coach on, one of the things that it reminded me of is how important, even as you talk about that, that experience, which sounds like it's been a really great transformational experience, 
how important it is to have someone who um, is holding space for you as you grow your relationship with God. Because I'll tell you with visionaries and creatives, because their gifts sometimes are a little bit different, uh, people tend to play down Oh, that you like you don't hear from God. You'll never hear from God. You're not doing church right. You're not doing religion right. You're not doing your walk with God right. And it's really a matter of especially when you are called to be, you know, this this prophet or this this elder to walk people through their journey. Um, and, and I won't do it any other way. Like for me, it's, it's about women. If you say you believe. And you seek me out to work with you in business. You're going to get God when you get me, because I believe God for every single thing seen and unseen. I've seen too much to not believe. And but what I find is I have my belief is at a very high level, um, but I'm always working on it. I, I um, even when it comes to thoughts, when they are not thought things that sound like they would come from God, how he thinks or how he feels about me. Those are thoughts. and. Uh, visions that I'm rebuking, uh, that I'm praying over. I pray over myself. And uh, we have to start as coaches and consultants teaching our clients how to do those same things for themselves because they're going to have to do it for their clients. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to help people like you even to learn like, hey, this is how you hear from God. I hear from God this way, but this is how you hear from God. Or maybe this is this is how you see God. These are the visions that come from you. I had a client like that who had been told by another coach that she never hear from God, that she was just too, too, there wasn't enough substance in her. And it was so unbelievable to me because when we talk about milk churches and meat churches, everybody has to start somewhere. And um, I said one day I was going to write a book called um, I Took the Back Door to Heaven <laughs> because my walk was really that I knew God. I believed God. I came into a uh, church with people who had been raised and born and, and, you know, they were grown up in church and they weren't believing God for the things that I was believing God for. And I was not raised in church. And so I just believed those things for other believers. I believe that we all, there are levels to this, there are levels to this walk. And so I just believe that if you, if you stick to it and if you stay close to him and if you stay close to other people who are believing the things that you're believing, you'll get there. Yeah. I mean, and, and none of us know where there truly is. Yeah. But I believe that where there truly is, is a really amazing place. And even with that being so right now is a really amazing place and space to be as well. Yes. And I love that you brought up the now, the right now. So much power in now. A lot of times our stress and our struggles comes from either thrusting ourselves into the past or projecting ourselves into the future. That's where the worry and all of that stuff comes from. You can know something in the now. That's the power. And to me, that's what happened when I finally was able to confess in the now. I'm wealthy. I'm this. I'm that. I wasn't waiting to see it. And then it, it and I think I forgot to say this earlier, but this to me parallels with I serve him because I love him. The other part of that was on faith. I was always waiting to see it. And I was asking, Lord, like, how do you expect me to keep believing in the scripture? And I keep trying it and it's not working in my life. I, you, you know, if this chair keeps falling every time I sit in it, I'm not going to sit in it anymore. And so what I learned is, is that faith is based off relationship. It's not based off any result. 
It's based off of the relationship. And the results are guaranteed after that. But the first thing you got to know is that the base, the basis of your faith, it's on relationship. It's not on what the what he's done or hasn't done. It's on relationship, period. Because that's how you get into the knowledge of the laws of his kingdom. And that's here's the thing about the laws of the kingdom. They work for the just as well as the unjust. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at people and you're going, that person and even serving you guys. Like, why are oh, they? We see some blessed fools out here that are real anointed. Come on now. <laughs> because they, they know the law. They know how this works. They believe and they trust and they hope. Where sometimes even as a believer, I have, there have been times where I didn't believe, I didn't trust, I didn't hope. So I didn't get it. In the quote unquote center, and we're the same. I'm just saying that for sake of the conversation, the quote unquote center that I could, you know, think I have the right to stand in judgment of, they're over there just as blessed as can be. Why? Because they understand the laws of the kingdom, the rules of the universe. And it's, it's, I don't even remember who said in the Bible. I don't know why I can't in the moment, but he said, my foot almost slipped. Because I was watching them over there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm over here struggling trying to figure this out. And so I'm telling you, like a whole new world opened up to me as far as everything prior to had been a fight. Like I have been fighting with my life for a good 30 years. I think up to one to 10, I I had this aware, this knowing of God. and I think once I introduced religion into it, when I got into church under the umbrella of religion, not that church is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the way I applied religion to my life and some of the things I was taught in religion. That's real. That's real. Anything didn't serve me at all. Now, God, the relationship, mm-hmm. that's what kept me when I decided the religion ain't it. Yes. Relationship was always solid and actually just got yes. stronger. And it's not that I would never go back into a church. It's not that I'm not right now, <laughs> but yes. for obvious reasons. But I needed this part of my journey. I needed this part of my journey. I needed to kind of shut out the noise and get along with God and say, okay, now that I've gotten other people's filters off, what are you saying to me? And yes. so much this is this is one of many, many discoveries. And I'm much like yourself, before I was aware of a God and 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 religion and Jesus, I was always hearing and knowing and seeing and dreaming and all kinds of things that were supernatural, if you will. And the older I got and the more I learned about the Lord, I'm like, that's what that has always been. He's always been a part of me. It's always, always. yeah, it's always, yeah. I tell people also uh, when they say that they feel like God isn't with them or they're not hearing from God, that the only way to feel that way is because you once felt that God was with you yeah. and you were hearing from God, and so it's just it's it's the same as like a, a friendship that's lost or a really great relationship that just for whatever reason didn't work out. Uh, the only way to feel the loss in that is because you once had it. Yeah. So um, God has been with us since, you know, long before we were here and he always will be. And I am not a, a person who's big on religion, even as far as like, um, like I, I, I don't like Bible thumpers. Uh, I don't like uh, people who, 
uh, use the Bible in a way to present themselves as, um, you know, others like they're, they're inferior. And uh, because my walk was very different and I'm just so grateful for the people who had grace, gave me grace, had patience with me, who didn't make me feel like, um, who didn't make me feel less than. I'm so grateful for those people because there were so many others that made me want to turn away from God. And um, I'm so grateful that I got into a very strong relationship with God very young so that there were things that I would see and things that I would dream. And those things typically come true within 24 to 48 hours. And so there were things that I would see and I would go, okay, well, you can stay with the pastor who's bleeding all over the pulpit but I'm out of here, you know, and then to later see that particular church come crumbling down and all of these things happening where people believed in the man more than they believed in God. Uh, you know, those are just other examples of why I spend the majority of my time with God before I'll open up mm-hmm. any sermon yeah. online, before I listen to any pastor, any prophet, anything like that. I make sure that I am full and I am fed with God in my own relationship and everything else, Latavia, is just overflow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I totally get that. But I'm going to tell you, I was one of those Bible thumpers. I was one of those people you probably hate to see coming. And now when I see that in other people, I really, I really have compassion for them because yeah. I meant well, but you can be incredibly wrong and still mean well, you know, totally. you can, it, it's just a part. Everyone's did like you said. We're there's levels to this, and we're on different parts yes. of our journey. And I'm not even saying like a higher or lower level when I say that comparing me to my past self. I was just yes. on a different part of my journey. I was already who I am yes. back then. Like time, God's timing is it's not linear in the way that we experience it. Mm-hmm. And I think that not. I think I know that's why those of us who are really in tune, like intuitive and can see things that he's showing us. That's why we get those glimpses because the timeline is not linear and we're able to kind of, kind of see things before other people meet up with it on the timeline. Somehow we can kind of hop around in that and we can see, and I have actually been able to do that forward and reverse. For instance, my first memory is a memory from when I was in utero. I was three months in my mom's womb, be like, you remember? Yeah, I remember. I remember when I first came into what I'm going to call consciousness, when I was first conscious that I was here or somewhere, that was when. And the reason why I remember it is because I was in prayer one day, uh, praying in the spirit, and it came to me just like a very vivid memory. And I asked my mom about it. Uh, we were in the car and I was like, I said, you know, mom, did this happen, you know, at this time? And she looked at me and like, just kind of the color went out of her face and she just got out of the car and went in the house. And I followed her in the house and I was like, what, why did you do that? And she's like, there's no way, no way you should know that. No way you should know that. And so it's just, uh, just another, another part of that journey. And I truly believe that this timeline is not what we can tell it is in this, in this current state of being, that this is not our last state of being. So mm-hmm. around that time I was going back to school, my father got sick and he passed actually September 19th, uh, 2019. So in- well, I'm so sorry. I remember, I remember 
when he was sick and, and us getting together as a group online and praying for you guys and man, so sorry. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I was just begging God, like heal him, heal him, heal him. And I knew in my spirit, like that's, that's not um, the outcome that was, that was going to happen. It wasn't even the outcome that was going to be best. I, we always think that the best is for our loved ones to live until we're ready to let them go. Um, but let me tell you, I said to the Lord one night, I said, hey, either heal him or take him home. Because watching him suffer like this, it's, it's, it's killing me. Yeah. And so I had made a promise to my dad when he was in the hospital. I said, well, when we get you home, you're not going to be able to get rid of me. I'm just going to be snuggled up right up under you. Mama just going to have to move over. That's where I'm going to be. And when we got him home, you know, they brought the hospice equipment in the bed and everything. And it was hard to get to him because his his old bed, their old bed was still in there. And so I couldn't get to him. And I was so frustrated because I couldn't like really sleep over there where he was. Yeah. But the last night that he was here, I uh, I was like, I got to make good on this promise. And I knew that the next day was going to be the last day. I mm. just knew it. And I said, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to do something for me. I'm going to need you to give me some of that peace beyond understanding type of peace. And when I tell you he did just that, he did just that. I went in there that night. I slept in that room. And the next morning was when he passed. And when they came to get him, um, I worked in healthcare, And so I wanted things done a certain way. I, the strength just came out of nowhere. I helped swaddle him. I helped, uh, you know, very carefully, you know, all of that to the best care of him as I could. And when we were walking out um, of the house. His mother was there. His sister was there. Um, my mom, my sister was there. And my grandmother looks at me and she goes, she said, oh, Lord, she's doing the last thing that she can do for him. And that just hit me so hard because it really was. I just wanted to love him. I just wanted yeah. to take really good care of him. And when I tell you the relationship with my dad did not end there, like I thought that that was just going to be it. I have had dreams that weren't dreams where he has come to mm. show me things and, and have conversations about things. And one of the things that happened that was so beautiful is I asked him about something that was a secret and he answered it. And then it was confirmed to me later on. And I was like, this, that happened for real. And I felt like in the dream, quote unquote dream, that it was real. And I was confused. Um, usually when I dreamt about him, I knew that he was not here. But this time I couldn't tell. I'm looking around like something was different this time. And he yeah. told me, don't worry about it. He said, don't mm. worry about that. Just enjoy the time. Don't try to figure this out. And so we're just, we've got this little glimpse of something that's so incredibly grand. Yes. Uh, life is something so beautiful and, and it doesn't end when the lights go out on this side. It, it truly, it just doesn't. Yes. So I know we were praying for healing, but healing came, just didn't look like the way that I thought it was going to look. Uh, yeah. But healing yes. came. The first time he came to me, he was showing me that he could walk again. He's like, look at this. Mm -hmm. He's like, my legs is just as good as my basketball day. Yeah. And so yeah. I learned from that. We're passing through, which, you know, the Bible tells us this, but yeah. it's different when you really know it, when you really see it. I'm like, we're passing through, we're going to something so much more beautiful and we're going to, there's work to be done there. That's why we're training here. This is, this is, 
this is preparing us for what's next. I truly don't believe that the lights go out and then we just cease to exist. No, there's work to do after we leave here and we're going to be so well equipped to do everything we learned here. I was reading today, one of the questions, I'd love to hear what you think about this too. One of the questions in this book was, it said, you know, we have free will, but when do you think free will started? Do you think it started just when you got here or do you think you had it prior to coming into this existence? You know, I I believe that free will is um, the the way that the way that I'm seeing it, the way that God is showing it to me is that even without being connected to our umbilical cords with our mom, with our parents and still having that physical connection here with your dad and being able to touch him, that it's like this thing that's just passed on through generations, throughout generations, throughout generations. However, it was. So it's like passed on to us through the wound and the tombs. And but even prior to that, since the beginning of time, um, you know, when you look at the beginning days uh, and and free will, even then we we started to see examples of it because that's kind of how the word works. It shows us examples of how that looked um, as well. And what's so interesting about that, too, is that. Free will is one of those topics is kind of like unconditional love where people say you have it, but, you know, (laughs) and so it's that um, free will with so that so that's kind of that's how how I believe uh, free will works or when it started. uh, I believe free will is like it's like it's kind of like infinity. And um, I also believe that when you're in relationship with God, that you know exactly how um, far to take or not take your free will, uh, especially um, because God doesn't want us out here being heathens, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, but I definitely believe in um, that uh, it's, it's like this infinity and, and this, you know, it's like, you know, to infinity and beyond kind of thing. I'm smiling so hard. My face is hurt, <laughs> but I'm smiling because you use the word infinity. Not kidding. When I was contemplating this earlier in my head, like that's how I was seeing it was infinity because I never considered it before I read that question. I was like, yeah. hmm. you know, I kind of just assumed it did start with here. But I'm, I'm like you said, infinity is what came. It's like it's always been here. It's always been mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, that really, really resonates with me. So then I was thinking, so if that's the case, then I chose this life. And that made me even more excited about this life. There was something yeah. I wanted to test to try to prove, or this is my, for lack of another um, description, I chose to go to this university and take mm-hmm. this subject for whatever comes next. Yes. It just made life just that much more totally. exciting, every experience that we're having. So, yeah, when you totally. said infinity, I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that is totally. exactly what was coming to mind. Well, that's that's another reason, Latavia, why, why belief is so important, yeah. because God wants us. He wants you to believe in yourself more and to believe more in the decisions that you make and to believe that um even when it's not okay, it's always okay. And that's one of the messages that I was sharing with other women and believers throughout the pandemic. And when I really just kind of took some time, a step back a little bit from social media 
And that was that um, we've all gone through this tremendous season of heartache and pain. Uh, the greatest that that those of us who are here now have seen in our lifetime. And, and that created a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. You know, we're afraid of getting our relatives sick. We're afraid because, you know, there's this kind of invisible thing that's going around and it's, it's making people sick and it's killing people. And so we're, we're just so afraid. And one of the, the very um, important uh, messages that I got from God is that even when it's not okay, it's still okay. And so it's like, even with your dad, even when it didn't feel okay, or it didn't feel like he was going to come home to the physical home where you or your mom was, God was like, he's still going to be home with me. So it's still going to be okay. And so that's kind of, that's again, where, when we talk about uh, free will and we talk about belief as well, why those things are really important because we have to believe that no matter what, it's going to be okay. But that really starts with us believing uh, bigger, believing bolder. Uh, That's a message that I've been getting from God the last few days, believe bigger, believe bolder. Uh, for for your business, for your life, because and, and to just trust ourselves. I trust Reneka because I trust God. That's right. You and so I. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? Co-creators. Yes. You can trust trust yourself. Absolutely. You've been building this together, and I believe, like we said before, you've been building this together with Him since infinity. This is just you're walking out this stage of it. And we'll be consciously aware of the next stage that we've been walking this out. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's why the decisions that we make, I believe, I don't question a lot of decisions that I make. And I don't say that in a cocky way, but with conviction because of my relationship with God, I don't question a lot of the decisions that I make because I consult with God often. I'm also not one of those people, Latavia, who um, will spend a lot of time saying, I got to go to God on this or let me let me pray about it. Um, God is always with me. My um, he is with me, uh, giving me downloads. And and it's like what we talked about, like infinity. And so I don't I I rarely do I have to say, hey, give me a give me a few days or a few weeks or whatever. So um, God is calling for us to be believe even bigger and to be even bolder with those affirmations and our conviction of that belief with our decisions that I am walking this life and I am making these choices as a result of what I believe and how I believe God wants me to do that, me, Latavia, to do that. Because my walk is individual from anybody else's, me, Renaka, to do that because my walk is individual from anybody else's and not in this way where we're uh, we're arrogant or we have this haughty pride, but in a righteous way, God doesn't want us being lowly and, and holding our heads down and questioning and being afraid of everything. He wants us to believe bigger and, and he wants us to believe bigger now while we're here. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so that's why belief is, is such an important uh, thing for me. And even for, um, for my clients of really helping women uh, in business and, and especially black women with all the things that we go through to believe bigger and to believe that God doesn't want us to struggle. And just because you may be struggling right now as this kind of, as it looks, right, as it looks here, if you could really turn that inward and see all the ways that you're so rich and abundant on the inside, 
And now everything is already happened in heaven and we're just waiting to catch up with that. Yes. Yes. Then you would believe bigger. Exactly. So you said something very, very important. Faith and trust. They got to travel together. (laughs) So, and that's what I was talking about earlier, like that faith goes on relationship, but you brought that up too. you, you, You trust your decisions because of your relationship and you don't have to make a special phone call to someone that you've been talking to all day long. Like every once in a while, you're like, okay, let me pause for a minute. Yes. You know, but most of the time, because you're always having this dialogue, I heard someone say it this way one day, I only pray one time a day. It just lasts all day long constant dialogue and conversation between you and God all day long. And I genuinely believe that we're co-creators with him. Uh, He, you know, he made us in his image and likeness. We are of him, of him. And that's why we do have the ability to make decisions. We do have the ability to trust in those decisions that they're coming from. They're coming from a godly place. I could talk literally (laughs) <laughs> to you about all of this all night long. I really could. But Are we before, time? <laughs> is there, do you have any closing remarks or thoughts that you would like to leave with the audience? Sure. I got this thought just now that I wanted to share with you and with your audience. And that is that we are in another season, yet another season on this side of the world where God wants us to see desires for us to see ourselves the way that he sees us. And so often there's this gap because of all of these things going on in the world, whether it's, um, Hey, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make my light bill, or I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pay my rent, or I'm just, I, 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 I lack confidence because maybe I'm not good at this. I'm not picking it up as fast as anybody else. I'm not as far along as somebody else is. And oftentimes that's because there's this gap between how we see ourselves and between how God sees us. And that's one of the the beauties of the gift that I have in in seeing uh, women the way God sees them. And so very rarely do I see women in this way where there's lack, no matter where they're at on the financial scale, it's that I see you the way God sees you and you need people, uh, women need to um, pray to God for more women, more mentors, coaches, and consultants who can really see them the way that God sees them and believe for them the way that God believes for them until they actually get to that place where they have that same level of belief and that faith and the trust uh, in themselves as well. So that's really the message that I'm hearing from God that he wants for your audience and that he wants for you, Latavia. God wants you to, he desires for you in this really important way for you to see yourself the way that he sees you. You are whole, you are complete. You have every single thing that you need. Every breath you take in this moment was on purpose and for his purpose. And God wants us and he desires for us. And now I'm trying not to use the word want. He desires, (laughs) he desires that we would receive that in a way that we would look like that. And when we walk and when we talk, we actually look like exactly like what we say we believe in. Yes. Yes. Received every bit of that. So that is a final word. Renee, I'd like to thank you so much for your time and for bringing all of welcome present moment. Uh, Let me tell you, you are a force in this kingdom. 
Man. Thank you. Yes, Thank so you. Need you and uh, <laughs> just I just love everything that you're doing. Yeah, I'm gonna Thank stop gushing. So my sister tells me, you know, after a while it gets a little weird. So I'm gonna stop <laughs> over your genius. No, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you. It has been a pleasure to be here. Like I said, it's been about three years since I've agreed to do a podcast or interview of any sort, and so I know that. This was God's yet another way of God's confirmation that you are on your path and blessing you with the women who are called to walk alongside of you in this life as well. So this is what that reciprocity looks like. And those sleepless nights that you're putting in looks like God is just showing you that there are other women who believe the same as you believe, just as big. And they're practicing that in a very tangible way, spreading that belief amongst the world. So you can thank God for this moment because God heard you. He heard the desires of your heart. In fact, he placed them in you. And that is why we were here today. That's right. One last thing I got to say, this is another time I kind of laughed earlier when you were talking because you used the word reciprocity. Listen, every single episode, that word comes up. I bring it up every single episode. This is the one that I didn't bring it up. You beat me to it. (laughs) But I always talk about reciprocity, always what you what you put out there. You can't it's one of those things you can't beat God's giving like you put it out there and it comes back pressed down, shaken together or however that scripture goes or running yeah. over. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah. I was so tickled when you I was like, listen to that. There's the word. I didn't use it this time. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, as a, even a closing statement, uh, more people need to learn the types of reciprocity that God likes as well. And, and, you know, God says his word is his word, right? So even the things that I say, they're, they're coming from God. So God is like, I don't need you to repeat what I say. However, some people need to hear that through you because I can't be here. But the way that you actually show me reciprocity is obviously walking with me and being obedient and, and worship is one of the main ways that we show our reciprocity and worship and spending that alone time with God and not being so busy, being busy. Yeah. that he's not um, an important element that we're including in our life. Um, so yeah, reciprocity is this big thing. And I wake up like every single day, God show me how I can serve you more in this uh, reciprocal relationship. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Reneka, where can people find you? So people can find me by emailing me at support at renekaboy.com. And also uh, now through the end of September, the site to actually join or speak with me or speak with my team about working with me is join the strategyacademy.com. And uh, that's another way that they can reach me and find out ways that they can access me and the gifts that God has given me to deposit into their lives. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Fear to Fortitude podcast. I am your host, Coach Latavia Renee, the Fortitude Coach. For the last hour, you've been under the wisdom of Renee Boyd.